All right, well, we started a series last week called Life of Abundance. So we're going to continue there. If you want to go ahead and turn over to John 10.10, we're going to start there. John 10.10, and they'll put it up on the screen. John 10, verse, uh, we're actually going to go to verse 1. Go ahead and go to verse 1, and we'll get to 10. It says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Aren't you glad he knows your name? If you're in the family of God, if we've believed on him, he knows our name. We are his sheep. Of course, he knows everything. But thank God we, he knows us and he is there for us. When he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Amen. If we are his sheep, we know his voice. Everybody say, I know the voice of God. We know it, and we have to learn to recognize it, but we, whether we know it or not, we have it on the inside to recognize His voice. A child of God has the ability to hear Him. Amen. Amen. We have it. We can hear Him. We can know His voice. We can follow Him. Verse 5 says, Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture." Verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Jesus is speaking here. He said, I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. The New Living Translation of that verse 10, the last part of that verse 10, says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. To get my purpose. Jesus said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. In the God's Word translation, it says, but I came so that my sheep will have life and so that they will have everything they need. Amen. The NIV, you have that one? It says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Are you getting the picture? To the full. Not just have life, but have it to the full. John 10.10 in the Amplified Classic says, I came that they may have and enjoy life. Have life and enjoy it even. Hallelujah. As a Christian, to enjoy life. Get up in the morning and enjoy what you have before you. 
Now, it doesn't mean everything is perfect. No, we live in a fallen world, but we can enjoy life. We can go through. We can know that by God's grace and His help that we can go through and have a good, rich, satisfying life. And we can enjoy it. Verse 10 says, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's how we're supposed to have life. That's, how, that's why Jesus came. Of course, so we could be born again, so we can know Him, so that we could have a relationship uh, with the Father. And that relationship leads to an abundant life. In other words, He didn't come just so that we could be saved, but then just barely get along in this life, scrape by, you know, just waiting for heaven. That's not why He came. If we know God and we walk with Him, we can have a full life now in this life on this earth. Not just when we get to heaven. Yes, heaven will be wonderful. Heaven will be amazing. It is amazing. People who have been there and come back don't want to come back. It's amazing. But we can have life and have it abundant here. Now, this week, today, this is not something for the future. This is now. Every day we can get up and we can just choose that we're going to enjoy life. Doesn't matter what station of life you're in, you know, they go into high school or college or out working single or married, have young children, have children in high school, children in college, children out of the house. You're retired. It doesn't matter. We can have life. We can have it abundantly because we have Jesus. Because He is life. He is the one. The money, thank God that we can have an abundance financially. That's His will, but that's not going to satisfy anybody. Thank God for our relationships, but we can't depend on other people to make us happy. Thank God that God has ordained work and we can enjoy what we do, but you can't find satisfaction in your job. People have tried and it's empty. Everything is empty. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's not grounded and based in God through the Lord Jesus Christ, when we tap into Him, now everything we can, we can becomes greater. We can walk in true life. But we can't substitute, we can't look for that life in other things, in people. You can't pull out of a person that life. They don't have it. Even if they're a Christian, you're not meant to pull on somebody else to try to get happiness or life from them. That's supposed to come from within, from a relationship with God, and then it overflows into our lives around. We all have this. If we're born again, we have it. If, we're, if we haven't come to know Him, we can. And that's the life He's promised. Jesus Himself is saying, I came so that you can have life. The world needs to know this. It's not a religion. It's not about trying to follow a bunch of rules to somehow gain God's favor. Jesus came before we did anything. You and I were not here when He was on the earth. Yet He came. For us to have life. He's the giver. He's the life giver. And we just react to Him. 
It's his idea to have a good life, not something we have to twist out of him. And sometimes we can act like that, and religion will tell you this. Well, you know, you're just trying to pull on God, and if you're good enough, if you do everything right, maybe, you know, he'll tip his hand and give you a little bit, bless you with something, help you, but you know, he's really just seeing if you can muddle through this life. That's not true. That's not true. Now, it's not all about you or me either. It's about him, and if we'll cooperate with his plan, that's where the supply is. That's where the flow is. That's where life is abundant is what we're talking about here so he came to give us this rich satisfying life have everything we need have life have it to the full that we may have and enjoy life have it in abundance till it overflows and we touched on this a little bit last week that word life there is a Greek word zoe which means life. It's the God kind of life. And it's only found in Jesus. It's found in Him. And that word that's abundant, you can see it through all these different translations. It's super abundant, superior, super abundant in quantity, superior in quantity or quality. So it's, there's a lot of it and it's really good excessive, it's translated above, more abundantly, advantage, exceedingly, very highly, beyond measure, more, superfluous. God is more than enough. God is bigger. He is more than up to any task that we will ever face in this life. Period. Any situation. You don't have to now, I'm not against Googling stuff, but you don't have to find the answer. Just, you know, I got to search and Google this and Google that. And try to find that somebody else can tell me. What we're looking for is God. We need to know God has, has brought us over. And yes, there may be some natural things we have to do. It's the combination of the natural and the supernatural that leads us to the abundant life. We have the supernatural life with us and in us. That doesn't mean we just sit there and expect God to do everything. No, we have to cooperate with Him. But He already has every answer. Right now, He knows, and He is more than enough to any challenge, any hardship, any situation, period. Now. Now. He already had the answer when we walked in. And way before. When Jesus walked the earth, he was already more than enough to meet your need. He always has been. And so when, when we deal with something, we need to meet it knowing that he is there to grant us abundance in every situation, to have life that just is so full, so overflowing, that anything that comes in contact with it has to yield. Because it's God. It's the life force of Almighty God. It's not us. It's not we're so great. We're yielding to Him. And He works with us and is in us. Hallelujah. He is a, a good, good God. You read these, these terms that, that, that we read, does any of that sound bad when you say a rich and satisfying life? To the full, 
Those don't sound like bad things. Those, that, that, that's a term. I mean, you just, when you talk about abundance and overflowing and rich and satisfying, that is rich. That is everything you need. That's a picture of heaven. It's a picture of God. And God is here with us so we can have heaven on earth. I'm not sitting here, I'm not going to stand here and tell you, you're never going to have a problem. That's not true. But when we have problems, we need to know that we're not meeting those problems just like somebody without God. God, Jesus said he came so that we would have that life. And so when we meet something, we need to say, I have what I need. God is in me. He's for me. He is an abundant God. Lord, you show me what to do. We're coming over. Not in your own strength, not in your smarts, not in your connections. That's what the world's got to rely on. Just human, well, you know, you're, you're really, really good in this area, so you're going to rely. You're the best. Well, that will falter. There's always somebody better than you. And if they're not better than you today, they will be at some point. Stuff is changing like this. Anything like that is just temporary. Maybe the best, you know, in your class. But guess what? There's always somebody smarter. We know for sure that like in the sports world, you don't get to be the best very long because why? If nothing else, you're aging. <laughs> Period. You just can't keep up with the younger, faster guys, girls, right? Well, it's the same thing. Well, in every area, things are moving. So if we're going to rely on our own ability, period, that's not why Jesus came. He didn't say, I came. So, you know, I'll just watch you run around and whip everybody because you're so awesome. That's why I came, just to have a front seat. No, he came that you would have abundant life. How? Looking at him, relying on him. He is faithful. He is good. Now, the thing I really had on my heart this morning to talk about, look at verse 10 again. Let's go back and... Uh, we can look at it in the New King James, because that's what you have, the, the whole thing. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. So you notice the first part of that, and it talks you know, in these previous verses about the thief and the robber. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. That's his role. That's what he does. Anything you know that's wicked, that's devious, deceptive, ruthless, murderous, lying, cheating, stealing. He's the one that's inspiring it. Not God ever. Amen. Now it had roots in him. Men pick up stuff. Men and women on this earth pick up customs and things that aren't godly, but it originated from the deceiver. He's the one that's coming to kill and steal and destroy. It's not God. Jesus came that we could have life and that we would have it more abundantly. We would have it to the full. If we would just get this verse down, I mean, this is pretty straightforward. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. That is Satan. There is a, there is a devil. But thank God we have authority of him, over him, number one in God, and with God's ability, there is nothing that can stand against. Satan is not to overtake the Christian. 
But notice the first part says the thief does not come to steal, kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. If we just get this one thing down, this down in life, this will change our life and it will continually. We have, we have to keep reminding ourselves of this one thing because the world is not going to do it for us. And the world, will, the, the circumstances in the world will try to beat this out of you. And Satan will be there. When I say Satan, I'm not saying necessarily he's there personally. Things that are in the world that are not godly, uh, thoughts, ideas, there are, you know, I'm not saying Satan directly, but underlings and things. You will have help in your thoughts when something is challenging you to think that these things are mixed up and somehow God is the destroyer. Or God is the one giving you trouble because you didn't do something and so this is happening, etc. If we will realize this part, Satan is the one that does all the destroying and the killing. He's a stealer. He's the thief. Jesus came that they would have a life and have it more abundantly. If we can get that down, no, God's for me. God's God's idea, God's desire is abundant life in my life. It's for me to have abundant life, period. If we, now, you will be challenged to flip out of that when you have an issue because the world tells you, maybe your upbringing told you, maybe you heard some twisted uh, teaching on Scripture, uh, you will have help in your thoughts. To, tr- to believe that God actually isn't for you, that God is bringing something against you. And get you, instead of pushing through it, realizing that you have this abundance, this strength, this power because of who He is and relying on that and settling it that God is for me. We're going over this thing. We're going to steamroll it. Not because I'm anything, but because God is on my side. Jesus came that I would have a life and abundantly and that includes this situation. Instead of that, it tries to get you to sit down and go, what's the use? A two-year-old could understand this. Definitely a three-year-old. That's why, you know, back in the toddler area and in the nursery, starts early just putting these ideas into, if, if a child can get this settled, how strong will they be as they go up? Because we need to get these things so settled that nothing will beat, a, beat it out of us. So you, they're hearing just the basic, God loves you. These things, it, you know, if you can get God good, devil bad. Anything that comes that's bad is the devil. Anything that comes from God is good. If a child can get that down, they are way ahead of most adults in the world. Because there are whole religions that will tell you God is out to eat your lunch. Well, if God's against me, I might as well give up. I don't need God against me. Now, we need to get it so ingrained in us that no matter what comes up, we, go, we say, no, abundant life, here we go. Well, something else pops up. No, 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 that didn't change this statement. Jesus still came that I would have life and have abundantly. We're going over this. We're going through it. 
We're going to come out, out conquering it. Doesn't matter what it is because God is over everything. He is stronger than everything. You've heard me say this before, some of you, but we need to get it so ingrained in us. Like if I were to ask probably anybody in this congregation, what is two plus two? Not a trick question. <laughs> two plus two. Your answer would be four. Period. Unless you get some crazy proof and try to prove it that, you know, it's actually, you know, some people... Yes, I'm talking about no trick question. <laughs> two plus two is four. If anybody tries to tell you otherwise and tries to convince you, you, you know they're trying to dupe me. They're trying to do some kind of weird thing. They're selling me something. But if any device... If you would put it into, you know, your calculator app on your phone and it comes up five, you're going to be suspect of that app, right? You're not going to think you're wrong. Are you going to be convinced that it came out five so now, well, there's a chance it was five, it's two plus two is five. Nobody in this room would think that because you know and it's been grounded to you since you were little. Two plus two is four. It doesn't matter how expensive the device is, it doesn't matter who said it, it doesn't matter how much money they have, if they're trying to sell you that, you're looking at them going, what? You don't know, you're speaking a different language, you're talking about a different type of two plus two, you're doing some funky new math, but this is not true, right? Nothing, they could talk to you all day and really quick in the conversation, you're gonna be saying, whatever, right? This is how we need to get with this truth. Because what happens is something comes up in life and, well, but where was God? And I don't, what about, and. But if we get it to where, I mean, this is, you know, what, black and white here. God is good. He came to have, to give us abundance. Satan is the, he's the killer. Now he's a liar too, which means he will tell you that God is the killer. And he's good at it. I'm not propping him up, but he is, he is a deceiver. You know? He knows how to push men's buttons. And when you're under pressure, he's going to come and say, what, what, where, where, God? And he will paint pictures for you. And he will bring facts, things that are true in the natural, and lie to you about them. And he knows it's a lie. And he knows it's not true, but he knows that you in the natural don't know it's not true. And he'll sit there, boldface, lie. Circumstances will lie to you. Ever had a thought, well, somebody, so-and-so doesn't like me because they did this and that? And you may look at the expression on their face and you may see what they said, but really... They're thinking about some other situation that happened, and they're distraught about that, and you have these thoughts that they were re reacting to you. It's not true. There are, we need to get it ground into us that God is a God of abundance. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter how stuff is shaken down. 
He, this reads the same, and anything that tries to take from me is not of God. Period. And some of you are going, is it that simple? Religion has taught us that it's not. It's quiet in here. Because it's taken what is a very simple concept and made it very, very complex. If a three-year-old were talking to you about it, they could articulate it. A lot of people would be like, oh, well, it's not that simple. There's a lot of things that are a lot more simple than people make them. The answer is actually simple. God's things aren't that hard. Men complicate them. And they have help. We try to reason it out, we'll get whipped. Because there is a being. Satan's been around for a long time, a lot longer than you or me. You, you and I are just babies in the universe. We realize that? Tiny little babies. Doesn't matter if you're a hundred, you are just starting out. And we try to reason stuff out. How fast could you tie a three-year-old in knots? They wouldn't even know what you're talking about after. They, they just look at you. Five-year-old, ten-year-old. You could out-reason them. We, don't think, we shouldn't think we're so smart. If we try to reason in ourselves, we'll get whipped. But God, that's why we have to just come back and just be like, no, 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 God's good. God's an abundant God. And just get to where we are like that two-year-old. No. Or like the ten-year-old with the two plus two. No, no, it's, it's four. Yeah, but, you know, they try to talk around. No, no, it's four. 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 Don't want to hear it. Four. But we need to do that because life will say no. It's six. It's seven. Look. You say, nope, four. Watch. Read the hand. Four. Not talking. I'm not having this conversation. God is on my side. He is an abundant God. We're coming through. We're going over. We're going up because He is an abundant God. Jesus didn't say, I came so that you could just be miserable every day. Look at, um, we're in John 10, 10. We'll read some scriptures in John. Just flip back to John 3. Verse 16. John 3, verse 16. One of the most familiar verses. We're going to read 16 and 17. But it's true. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. There's the life. He didn't come. Well, we'll say that in a minute. But He, said, he, he came so that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through Him might be saved. He says, I didn't come to condemn the world. I didn't come to tell the world it's no good. I came 
so that the world through him, through Jesus, might be saved. He's not the one that's coming to blow everything up. He's the one that came that the opportunity would be there that we could have life and that we could be saved. Let's just put it up on the screen. John 5, 24. This is a couple chapters, but we'll just put it up here. John 5, 24 says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Notice that. He has passed from death into life. Has passed from death unto life. Go over to, uh, we'll just look at, put it on the screen, Colossians 1, verse 9. Colossians 1, verse 9. It says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Next verse, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Next verse, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power. Do these sound like weak words? Does this sound like somebody that's just barely getting along? No. Strengthened with all might, that you would be fruitful in every good work. Strengthened with all might according to His glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Now notice this part. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Is has delivered us, is that past tense, present tense, or future tense? Past. That means it's happened. Has delivered us from the power of darkness, and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Not going to, He has. He's delivered us from the power of darkness. Jesus came so that we could have abundant life. Jesus came so that we would be in His kingdom not under the authority of any darkness. So things that come against us in the world, they don't have power over us if we believe His Word. John 10, 27. John 10, 27. If you're still over in John, you can turn to John 10, 27. said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Notice that. My sheep hear my voice, we mentioned it earlier, and I know them, and they follow me. Verse 28, And I give them eternal life. Do we have that one? Give it a minute. Thank you. Can you go back? Do you have 27? My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Verse 28. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, 
and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. No one can snatch us out of the Father's hand. And he said, his father, go back to verse 28, let's read that again. Can you go back one? I, shall, I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. God, uh, no one can snatch us out of the Father's hand. Now you may hear, you may see stuff say, wait, what, what happened here? What happened there? That's when we have to double down and say, no, God is a God of abundance. Abundance is not just financially. In, in fact, that's just a minor part. There's so much abundant life is not that. When we're talking about abundance, we're talking about overflow in every area of life. Abundance in relationships. Abundance in your relationship with God. Abundance in your health. Abundance enjoying what you do. But that abundance, we need to, to get it wiped out from our thoughts that something is going to get us. At the end of the day, for a Christian, when we go out of here, we're going to be in the presence of Almighty God. That's the end. And in the midst of this, See, then the thought will be, well, yeah, but there's worse things than death. I mean, going through some things on this earth. I'm not saying there aren't some things challenging. If we get this ingrained to us, we'll go through it knowing that God is on our side and He, His will is abundance. His will is to overtake. And nothing is going to snatch me out of His hand. It's not going to take me out. It's not going to move me out. Ultimately, it can't. Can you go to the next verse? My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. There you go. My Father is greater than all. Nothing can snatch me out of His hand. Well, if I'm in His hand and He's greater than all, what does that mean? That means I'm going to win. If I believe this, then we're going to win. Because He's not going to be defeated. And if I'm looking to him and going after him, I won't either. Amen. Amen. Let's uh, put up Jeremiah 29, 11. You don't have to turn there. Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil. Notice that. Again, go back to the basic thing. God's thoughts are not evil toward us. He's not the killer. He's not the stealer. He's not the destroyer. So I like what he said here. It's thoughts of peace. Oh, and it's not of evil. God's thoughts are not. And he's talking to Israel. Here, we're going to touch on that in a minute. His thoughts. He's talking to the nation of Israel, he said, my thoughts are of peace and not of evil. In other words, I'm not your problem. I'm not trying to hurt you. 
God is not trying to hurt us. God is not our problem. God is at our back. As a Christian, if the world only knew it, God has already given His Son. Getting ready to celebrate Christmas, the coming of His Son. The coming of the one that would lead the path or make the pathway to the Father. He gave His Son. There's no higher price He could give. God's thoughts have always been peace toward humanity. That's why He sent Jesus. Jesus was peace to all men. Now they have to receive it. But this is the good news. It says the Lord, it says, For I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. That's His will. To give you a future and a hope. It's not something bad. His thoughts are good. His thoughts are not of evil. They're peace and to give you a future and a hope. Can you put that up in the New Living Translation? It says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. Not for disaster. That's not God. Not even little things that are going in that direction. Not for evil. Not for bad. To give you a future and a hope. God's will is not to destroy. That's not Him. It's to give us a future and a hope. What's hope? An expectation. Lifting of the eyes. If we get it settled, wait a minute, God wants good things. Our eyes will come up and go, wait a minute, we're coming over. See, that's hope. It's like, wait a minute, this can get better. One of the worst things a person can be afflicted with is hopelessness. It's not going to change. It's not going to change. It's been like this. It was like this with my parents. Or it's like this for five years. Or my body is hurting. It's not going to change. The relate, I'll never find somebody. Relationships. I just keep, job situation, it just keeps going over and over. It, my situation won't change. That's hopelessness. God said His plan is to give us a future and a hope. Wait a minute, it's going to get better? I'm going to change, why? Not because I got a great plan, not because I am so organized, but because He is with me and I am relying on Him and He'll show me because He's overcoming. If I'm hooked up with Him, guess what that means? We're going together, we're going to overcome. We're going for that abundant life and He's given it to me when? He already has. Not out in the future. Well, I got to take this, you know, 15-week course and then I can start. No, right. We're talking about just get the, the, the base ingrained. John 10, 10, God's on my side. God's good. He wants good things. And anything else, it's not him that wants a disaster. It's not him that came to take evil. Hebrews 8, 6, can you put that up? It says, but now he... Jesus has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as He is also mediator of a better covenant. What we just read, and we're reading in the New Covenant as well, but what we just read in Jeremiah, that's in the, that, that's in the Old Covenant. And He was saying already, I'm on your side. I want to give you a future and a hope. Well, we have a better covenant. When something's better, it includes everything that 
you know, if you're saying product, something is better than something else, well, that thing you're saying is better includes everything of the first one and more. Is a $20 bill better than a $10 bill? Yes. Yeah. It can do everything a $10 bill can do and more. Right? Well, you know, we have a better covenant. Of course, God doesn't like us. He turned into these. Now he's after us, but it's better. Now that we have Jesus, Rob, but, you know, he might take out your house. Great servant Jesus. Now, I'm not, it's not about us. I'm not saying it's about us. And, you know, some people try to, try to twist this and say, well, it's just, you know, it's just all about you and your comfort or, you know, believing that just... Uh, it's not about him anymore. It's about us and being comfortable. No, he's the one that said it. Yes, we're going to serve him. Yes, you may go through challenges. Yes, there might be difficulties. In spite of it all, he'll take us over and his will is still abundance. Right. There's a difference. Paul went through all kinds of stuff. Yet he, didn't, he didn't stop. It didn't stop him. He just kept getting up. They tried to kill him. Just get up, walk away. They couldn't kill Jesus. He, he laid down his life. Every time they, they tried to push him off a cliff, he would just walk right back through the crowd. They couldn't kill him. Could not. And even when they came to pick him up, he said, I am. And they all fell down flat. They could not take him. He, let, he laid down himself, laid down his life. So we have a better covenant. It says, but now he, Jesus, has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. So he is for you. He is for his children. Romans 8, 31, you put that up. It says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? The implication is, it doesn't matter. The implication is, who could, not somebody may be against you, but the, the, the connotation is, who could be against you and successfully do anything to you? And the answer is, no one. Because they got to take out him. They can't do that. There's no one that can be against and array themselves against the Almighty and win. Period. If God is for us, who can be against us? Who? It's a question. Who? I'm, I mean, it's just, it's just going out. Who? It, who are you going to get that's going to say, oh, wait, now we have a match. It's on now. Ooh. Satan tried it. Convinced a third of the angels. They got whipped. One angel took out 185,000 people, the old covenant, that were against God. Now, they were against him. One. So we know there's no men that have anything that can do anything against God. One created being. You talk about weaponry. 
It didn't say that he couldn't have taken out more. You're talking about God. If he's for us, it doesn't matter who's against us. You could say it this way. If he's for us, it doesn't matter what the situation is. Doesn't matter what the situation at work is. Doesn't matter what you say. I mean, a situation uh, domestically. God has a way. Now, you need cooperation, but God has a way. He has wisdom. Doesn't matter in our bodies. He has an answer for anything. And he has a way through. And his way through, he is, uh, his desire is always a satisfying, rich, abundant life. Always. Always. His will never changes. It never changes. Doesn't matter what it looks like, it didn't change his will in the matter. So if we get in a situation, we need to settle it. Well, this doesn't look good, but one thing I know, God, God's will is for us to come out shining, and we're going to find out what that is, and we're going. That thought, the point we're getting over today is the thought should not be, oh no, what is God doing? When you do that automatically, if you don't know if you're pushing against something, but now you don't know if that's coming from friendly fire, it confuses you and makes you know, wait a minute, am I supposed to be pushing or am I supposed to be doing something else? That's the point. It's trying to disarm us. It's trying to get us confused. We need to understand and get it so settled that when we bump up against something, no, that's not God. God's desire is abundance. Show me the plan and we're going forward. Period. Every time. Every time. Get it settled. Nope. Nope. John 10.10 is true now. You might feel like going, really? Another thing. Has anybody ever been there? You've, you've dealt with one, two, three, four, and now something else happens, and the thought is, this is too much. Right? Anybody ever had that thought? You don't have to raise your hand. I know you have. You, you know that you, you feel like this is, oh, well, that's the point. It's trying to get you to trip to where you don't really believe that you're supposed to go over and you're going to be able to go over. This is too much. The implication is, this is too much for anybody. And you know what? You'll, everybody will have that thought. It's too much. I, I don't see how. Well, does God see how? Is God weak in this situation? Is God met his match? No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. So what do we need to do? Look to him and say, God, I know, I, I don't see how to go through it, but you do. And you're bringing me over, and I know your will's still the same. Here we go. And go into it with our chin like Flint and just say, we're going over. And you may, it may look like you're nuts. If anybody's looking at the natural, they're saying, how? He knows, and here we go. He's with me. He's for me. His life, his, his will for me is abundance. Amen.